You're listening to Around Comics, episode 118. Thanks for listening to Around Comics, the comic book roundtable. I'm Sal, your host for this episode. I'd like to thank you for joining us. If this is your first time listening, Around Comics is a roundtable show featuring a revolving panel of guests talking about comic books and graphic novels. We release two shows a week. Our Monday episodes feature news, commentary, reviews, and previews of upcoming books. Our Thursday episodes, like this one, are usually either an interview or some type of comic book professional or a topic discussion. This episode, we're talking about how to draw a comic from script to printed page, what goes into the craft behind the comic book production. To help us out, we have with us today two comic book professionals, Scotty Young, artist of Marvel's new X-Men and cover artist of Cable and Deadpool. Hi, Scotty. Hey! <laughs> thanks for having me! And Mike Norton, co-creator of Gravity and artist of DC's all-new Adam. Could you say all that stuff again? I couldn't hear any of that. <laughs> I could, <laughs> if you'd like. Mike's in a separate room. They <laughs> <laughs> keep me caged. <laughs> He's behind bars like a werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Once the sun sets, Norton turns. <laughs> and uh, as always, we also have Tom Caters with us. Uh, you need to read the thing I need to read the... Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, uh, what did I say? Oh, last but not least, the man that puts the funny in funny books. And the sad and sad books. <laughs> and the Tom, S in sex. Tom, Tom <laughs> Caters. I put the X in sex. X in sex. That's what I meant. As you'll probably <laughs> think, S in sex. What the hell? If you're uh, a returning, myself is not knowing anything about Kiss. If you're a returning listener, you'll probably notice that Chris is not here this week. He's off. I ate him. I was so hungry. He's off at a wedding or something. He's at a two-day wedding. Uh, well, before like when a marathon. Yeah, it was twenty-four no, hour wedding. It's like it's like fifty couples it's get married. Like couples and, and they vote. Are you kidding? Of, no, one of the couples gets voted out every eight hours <laughs> <laughs> at the end. Wow. You know yeah. the wife is really pissed off because the husband scheduled the the husband scheduled the wedding, but they meant to do it on seven seven seven. And now it's it's already passed, and the wife's probably pretty pissed. Now the magic is gone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, not at all. But I know who is a fan of numerology. Who's that? The sponsors of this episode, InStockTrades.com. <laughs> Waiting for the trade has never been easier. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. InStockTrades.com is your source for trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essentials, showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more. All at great discounted prices. And remember that all orders over $50 ship free. Whether you're buying an absolute edition or catching up with showcases and essentials, InStockTrades.com is your new best friend and your girlfriend or wife's worst enemy. And I'd like to remind everyone that Around Comics is recorded every Friday night at around 7 o'clock at Dark Tower, Dark Tower Comics and Collectibles located at 4835 Northwestern Avenue in Chicago. 
If you're in the area, please drop by. We would love to meet you. And swear in front of your baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seems to be what we do. Do best. Uh, all right. Well, it, originally, uh, the idea with, of this was a Comics 101, how to draw a comic. Um, and we, we put it out on the forum, and we got so many responses on the forum, so many great questions. That I think we're just going to kind of just start with the questions and see where it leads us, because uh, otherwise we will be here all It's a bit like asking night. Rumpelstiltskin yeah. how he weaves his gold. Mm. Magic. <laughs> From straw. I think it'll be... I, yeah. <laughs> From straw. What's it say in the story? <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, I think the, reading the questions, we'll be able to, and we'll be able to take off from... From there, and, yeah. and it'll go wherever we decide There's a lot to, of questions. Yeah. There were a lot of questions, and, I, and, and instead of trying to jam in like uh, uh, an interview and the questions, I yeah. think we'll get a lot of the responses we're looking for um, just out of the, straight out of the questions. So we'll, me and Tom will ask you guys the questions, and you can just go back and forth and, and answer them as they uh, as they appear. I didn't uh, know this was going to be a test. <laughs> it's like a debate. You'll have thirty seconds to rebut. <laughs> I can re- rebut Scotty. <laughs> Scotty's completely wrong. That's not how you draw a comic book. <laughs> You've ever. Written a com- if you've ever drawn a comic book, raise your hand. We'll do it like actual political <laughs> debates nowadays. <laughs> All right, let's start. Our first post is uh, is from G Dog, and his question is: Why does it take some people over a year to draw a comic? And it, 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 well, okay, that I mean that question initially sounds like. You know, well, it's, no, it's obviously a snarky sort of thing, but well, well no, you know what? This is a. I've, I've had comics that took me a year to draw, <laughs> so I can't really answer. <laughs> I can answer the question. While so many books are put out on a monthly schedule, why does it seem like some books or some artists or some projects, for whatever reason, take so much longer uh, to to get done? Um, even from guys that seem to have a good track record, all of a sudden something comes up or... or I mean, from your guys' experience, what would you say is is most common why that it seems to happen? I can't speak for anybody in particular, so, but uh, the, I mean, it just seems to me, at least in my case, and it does, I mean, it seems that logically for, I mean, if they're referring to, you know, high-profile books that are late, it's it's a matter of priorities and, you know, for me, I had I had project. I I did a book for Image called The Nightclub, mm-hmm. and it took me almost a year to get uh, the last two books out. And I didn't even end up drawing them. I had other people draw them for me. So, but uh, that was a matter of like I had work that I had to do for Marvel and DC at the time, and I figured if I'm gonna sacrifice a project, I'll do my own project, sacrifice it. Right. And do the other books on time. I figure with other, you know, artists, it's just like, you know, most of the people that they uh, that tend to be called to the carpet for being late are pretty high-profile creators. They have lots of other stuff that they obviously would rather be doing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just a matter of priorities and stuff like that. Right. I think. I think, I think sometimes I think yeah, I I think that's all wrong, but. No. <laughs> Son of a bitch! <laughs> I beat you to it, Norton. No, uh, while that's all right, I think also, uh, like like Mike was saying, with the high-profile artists, um, sometimes they want a year to do a book, and mm-hmm. they will get a year to do a book. I mean, uh, uh, the Joe Mad Ultimate stuff was announced two years ago um, at Wizard World Chicago, and and he's still working on you know the second issue or, or 
just finishing the second issue or whatever. But um, I think it's something I wish I could get a year to work on a book, you know. But I, I think it, there's if I almost wish the question would be specific about what books, because I'm sure yeah, he has a yeah. book or two in mind. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the company switches their priority from yeah, we'd rather you be working on this title than this title because right. this title is making us more money, or this title is important at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could just be the you know the creator has that kind of juice that says I want a year to work on a book right uh, you know like I and I brought up the European books before where a year is standard yeah. of, of working on a book well I think and that's kind of what I people don't realize how a month to is draw not, a book right, that's not really a lot of time. hard yeah I mean you're not you're <laughs> never seeing people's a game on in 22 days yeah know? well that's that's sort of what I was wondering it's like how much are you guys sacrificing just to get stuff done. Uh-huh. I mean, in your own art, how much, you know, and I'm sure it's something that you deal with every month that mm. it's like, uh, you wish you had more time. You wish, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of. Oh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, there's daily sacrifice yeah. as yeah. far as creating a 22 page monthly comic book. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, it's really hard. I mean, in a in a perfect world, I'd like to be able to have four layouts of every page to choose from and, and mix and match the best panels to tell the best story, but it's just not the way. I mean, the speed i mean you can you it, drawing a comic book on a monthly basis you have to do the best you can with the shortest amount of time possible mm-hmm. i mean you know so that's really the key to yeah it. when you see three o'clock on you know when you're working and it's three o'clock you realize over half your day is gone then you okay. and and you have to go well this is what would you guys say at any time you were not in a crunch yeah I have, I have been. I was once. <laughs> yeah. and, and I've a, lived most of my adult life under a crunch. Under a strain, yeah. time constraints. And that's, a, it's like a lot of times I think fans don't realize that. And then, you know, sort of look at the fact that sometimes real life comes into it too. Oh, God, you, you yeah. know, I mean, whether it's family or whatever, something, out, you know, external yeah. that can throw you off that schedule. And if you're, if you're already under such tight time constraints for, for something to come out, you know, out of left field, it, it well, has to just wreck, you know, wreak havoc on it. I was sort of wondering, uh, how long did it take you almost to, I imagine it's sort of a balancing act as you guys work more and more of like learning what you're willing to sacrifice to like, it's a balance between how you want it to be in time. Mm-hmm. Is that a con- is that like a, a skill set that maybe people don't realize? Is like learning how it's to. It's definitely pick. a skill set. It's yeah. something that you, uh, people that are trying to get in, need to learn that right. real quick because it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna stop you. Yeah. You won't get stuff done. Right. And you need to learn how to balance what looks good and what looks good enough. Yeah. It, it, there really comes a point. Um, I know the first couple years that I was in the industry, um, a I was just learning. Not only was I uh, learning how to deal with deadlines and drawing books on a on a fast schedule, but I was learning how to draw. Period. You know what I mean? Just never having drawn a comic book before, I did my first Marvel comic book. So I'm literally learning how to do the job on the job. So I would work 13, 14 hour days every day simply because I was trying to figure it out. Now it's a it's a little easier, but yeah, you do get to that point where you have to go in every day and, and go, this is the amount of time I have. I'm going to have to sacrifice this. And you do put together that skill set to uh, 
tell the good story. And sometimes it's just deciding, do I want this to look like an amazing masterpiece or do I want this to just tell a great story? Uh, it took me a long time to realize how long people stay on one panel mm-hmm. when reading a comic book. As an artist, we hope that you spend eh, half a half hour a day. Uh, per panel. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, look at all the, look at that little rock he put in the background. But, um, soon, sooner or later you finally get, you get to a point where you realize I've only got enough time to do the most important part of this and move on. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think fans sometimes remember that, you know, well, that is a good segue into the next question, Let's see. <laughs> which is from David D who writes, what are some of the most common misperceptions or assumptions of readers, perhaps like myself, we have never attempted to create comic art for publication. You know, I guess things that you see people say are like... It's hard. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Uh, let me see. Misper- misperceptions. Uh. Well, I'll ask the I, second question. Well, no, I, I think for the one thing is that for me, I, I mean, I can't blanket all comic book creators, but I know for me, um, because it is art as well and and for me art involves a lot of experimenting and 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 having fun with putting uh lines down on paper um i think for fans sometimes they forget that we don't love everything that we put out either you know what i mean like because there's that time going back to the last then there's a certain amount of time i might try something and i might see a lot of criticism out there for it and then i go yeah, they're right, because I think the same thing, right? Because I tried something. I know it didn't work, but a lot of people, you know, a lot of fans don't, aren't ever on our side when we know, like, oh, our experiment didn't work out. We'll have to try it better next time. That's, I mean, that's one little one that's more creative than it is. Right. The perception that, like, everything you put out is... Is what we game. intended, yeah. yeah. I mean, sometimes what I, what I think what we intend, come, we don't get anywhere close, whether it be because of time or... We didn't have time to learn what we were trying to attempt. Uh, I mean, that's one thing. Uh, again, I, a month. I think the monthly thing is something that people just don't understand how fast that is. Yeah, it's, that's what I meant. Yeah, it's hundreds really hard. Drawings, to hundreds do of drawings. A book. Well, uh, the second part of David D's question is: as Mike is working for DC and Scotty for Marvel, is there any house rules that affect the way that each of them approach the page regarding who? each of them is working for it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what that means. Like, should I draw a certain way or something like I that? Guess, I guess. I think that's a good question. Or like some weird rule like... Well, there actually is a rule at DC now about splash pages. I think they all have to have a splash page, the first page now. Well, I think that's what he means. Like, yeah, but know, I mean, that really doesn't that affects the that affects the writer more than it does because yeah, yeah. they got to figure out how to tell their story. But I mean, uh, there's nobody tells me. Like, now Hank is looking through all the DC books to see if they have <laughs> splash pages. <laughs> but uh, it, it's nothing like we we like nine panel grids. Right. Don't yeah. break out of the panel yeah. borders. Like they that. want artists to be artists most yeah. of the time. Right. Well, I I do notice there tend to be house styles sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But that kind of that comes and goes too because you always have exceptions to that. That's a lot of that. editors picking, you know, well, the preference you, you, of what yeah, they you like. Can, yeah. You can tell when certain editors are in charge of something mm-hmm. because they have their own certain tastes, right. you know. So well, just like readers have their own tastes, you know. Obviously, well, readers have their own tastes, but you I mean they're that it's sort of it's it's. They drive the market, but also the the personal preference of the people in charge. Also, yeah, yeah I mean, just like how you yeah. might like a certain thing, editors are, exactly. are the same. Yeah, they're, right? the they're going to like a certain style, so they're going to pick 
people that follow that Absolutely. certain style. To right. Things like that. All right, our next question is from Chad. He said, uh, <clears throat> and I think this is directed to Scotty, uh, when drawing a book like X-Men, well, I guess it doesn't matter. Both of you guys have, have done... Historical characters. Yeah. Uh, when drawing a book like X-Men with such a vast history, what reference information do you use for these well-known characters? Does Marvel uh, or DC supply you, or do you have your own reference library? Does the publisher limit you altering existing costumes, buildings, vehicles, etc.? I... <sighs> Again, I'm I'm just gonna on all these questions. I'm gonna I don't because I don't want to have to keep saying it, but this is me. Oh yeah. Because I yeah I don't want anybody to think this is how all comic book artists yeah. think or anything. We just want to uh, we right. want to be inside. Stop your talking for, for me, Scotty. Yeah. We want to be uh, inside Scotty's for but, one day <laughs> or even a, an hour. You'll see a lot of cool internet porn. <laughs> Sweet porn. bookworm bitches. Days. Um, but no, uh, for me, I I want just enough reference for me to understand the world and the characters. I actually, when I started New X-Men, before I started on Pages, I actually wanted to, um, I talked with the writer for a while, and I wanted more of a history of the characters, like where they're from, what, what's their each of their hometowns, uh, what kind of family life do they have. Things like that, for me, help uh, decide shape of characters and things like that. But as far as, uh, I'm one that, Sometimes people love it or hate it, but I'll change the look of a character. Yeah, you go in and redesign. Yeah. I'll go in and redesign it to fit what I think the character should be. Right. Uh, now, sometimes Marvel doesn't go for that, and, and that's fine. But I always, I always overcompensate to what I think because we can always scale back from there. I, uh, if I just if I play it too safe, then I can't get bigger later. Mm-hmm. I can always scale down from big. But um, so I like just enough reference for me to understand the characters. And Marvel usually is pretty good with sending, uh, you know, all types of reference. And then I always like to work really close with the writers for stuff like that. Mike, kind of the opposite. Oh, <laughs> I need to. I need to know pretty much everything that happened up to that point because <laughs> I want to make sure that that I didn't draw this guy completely different than how he appeared two months earlier or something like that. Right. So I want to know. And I, I had a hard time getting, for for instance, when I worked on New X-Men, I had a hard time getting reference for for stuff. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't... I don't Did I you ever say. talk to Chris? Chris... The writer, Chris Yost? I never actually talked to Chris He Yost. is, like, usually I go to Marvel for reference. I don't anymore. I just go to him. Oh, well, I think see, he has, if like, I had a known that... Of, I think he literally has a scan of every if I panel. If I known that, then I would have done that. But. <laughs> it's crazy. Do you think any of it is, like, a function of your styles of, like, art? Like, some people are going to need to reference closer again well definitely i mean like well well like we just said he he he'll go in there and redesign and i'm more of a i want i i like the challenge of stepping in and i mean i've done so many fill-ins in my career it's just like i like the challenge of going in and learning about a new project and becoming part of that and then for how well, however long I'm part of it, then I'll I'll leave. But um, I had never read New X Men before I worked on it, and I went back and read a bunch of it, and was like, hey, I actually kind of like this. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And then I, you know, I only did the one issue, but uh, you know, there was a pr- pretty much every character that's ever been in the book was in that issue. So right. It was kind of a nightmare to do in that kind of way. So yeah, I think it just comes down to what your goal as an artist is it's sometimes uh it's a balancing act between what you need to do to serve the book 
but also serve yourself as an right. artist. Right. Uh, when I mean, there are people who do too much of one or the other. Sometimes I might be guilty of serving myself too much, and I know when I'm doing that, and, and I always try to correct it later. But, uh, yeah, sometimes it's just can I serve the what the book needs but also take it to a new place. Sometimes you get on a book and it doesn't need to have that because it's already where it, where it That's should true. be. Um, I, I, for me, with New X-Men, for example, I felt uh, that I wanted to get in there and take the kids to... I mean, A, they're kids, and I always felt that they were drawn to look you know, about 10 or 15 years older. I mean, a lot of these characters were 14 and 15 years old. I mean, X-23, for example, yeah, is... Only she's, four, she's 13 or yeah, 14. She's like 14 years old, and if you look at her in the majority of new X-Men books, I mean... She looks like she's 22. Yeah, I mean, a huge, you know... Just <laughs> not, stripper. Yeah. That age that all characters yeah, seem to be. Yeah, yeah. they're all drawn in. And, yeah. and so that was my biggest... I thought, so for me, in that instance, not only did I get to redesign the characters to serve myself to have fun, but it also, I think, served the benefit of the book to mm-hmm. take... Uh, the situations of these books and make them even heavier by putting younger looking characters in heavier situations. So the book actually, to me, got served a little. No, I'm not saying that I draw better than anybody else, but just the fact that they look a little younger, I think, serves the stories and what the goals of the stories are. This is Richard Starkings, and I'm just here to say that nine out of ten elephant men prefer to listen to around comics. When you're, say, starting a new project and it's a new writer that's coming on the book also, do you, I mean, do you talk with the writer to try and develop that, uh, that idea behind it before? You know what I mean? And like, uh, you know, if, if someone's new is coming right. on new X-Men, new writer, mm-hmm. and it's like, while there's been stories before that, that writer's going to have their own idea of what the tone of the story is going to sure. be. Do you, do you work with them to try and, de- you know, develop, and does that go into your process then with maybe redesigning the characters or, re- you know, giving them the look or whatever? Uh, how much of that is involved before you, you sort of start on it? Do you even have the time to? I I think, for me... Uh, New X-Men, for example, is already a book that, you know, it had been going for a couple years or, well, four or five years with all the different incarnations that it's taken or titles it's taken over the years. But um, for me, it was I I didn't get on the the phone with the writer, really, and and talk about the direction. The book already had its direction. Mm -hmm. But uh, the most I did was ask about so I can understand uh, when I draw a character, do I want to put facial expressions so what kind of expressions should anoli have for example that's that's the important stuff for me the writer has the idea for the tone you do like more one-on-one with the writers though oh absolutely you do talk yeah, to i them. love actually i i actually there was a project that i worked on where i didn't talk to the writer at all and it, i was miserable the whole time because new I, warriors no, no, <laughs> New Warriors. That Zeb well sucks. <laughs> New Warriors was, was. You hear me, Zeb? I'm coming for you, I'm Zeb. Coming for you, Z Unit. Uh, Zeb. He was the one screaming for help. Yeah. In there. It was Zeb. <laughs> Somebody help me! No, New Warriors was a was the first time that I got the chance to. I mean, Zeb and I were equal parts in every part of that book. From he and I on the phone pitching it, we pitched right. that whole story idea together. Um, so that was my first chance at Marvel to really um, sit with a friend of mine. And Zeb and I were already friends for years before that. So to sit on the phone, bounce ideas back and forth, come up with an idea together, pitch it together, <clears throat> and work on every issue together. So before each issue started, 
we would sit on the phone and decide what we wanted to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love doing that. A, because I, I have, I like the writing aspect of it as well. I love drawing, but I also love to tell a story. Right. Um, I think the story is the most important part. That's probably why I like drawing them so much. But, uh, so that was a blast for me, but I'm, I like to be very hands-on with, with, the with talking with the writer and, and I will be the first one to, uh, that's why I like to get close with it. Chris and I have become pretty close. Um, so I feel very comfortable. You moved in with him. <clears throat> yeah. He gives me <laughs> yeah, really, really, He touches me really good. He went camping for a week in the yeah. mountains with <laughs> So, what, um, yeah. What's up with New X-Men? Mike, but, uh, yeah. uh, your, your approach to that? Or, yeah, you're rebuttal. You're wrong, Scotty. Yes, <laughs> again. It's an assembly line. Uh, well, this is, this is, we're going to see a lot. Uh, about well, I, uh, I you did, and me. I did say before this that Mike and I, while being very close friends, are very, very, we different. Are very different. That's good. Yeah, I, good for the I really, I, and I, I have huge balls, but <laughs> whoa, let's not Physically. turn this into a contest now. <laughs> Marvel versus DC. I, Who's got bigger balls? I historically, I really haven't had that much content. To, uh, contact with uh, writers of mine. I mean, it's about half and half, but I've done a lot of books, and and just the nature of of the stuff I've worked on, I tend to be the last minute man, mm-hmm. where just you know the 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 whole the the situation re- around involving the issues I work on, I, I it's not possible for me to talk to the writer. Right. You know? So I mean, I I email a lot. But I don't get on the phone a lot. But that may have to do with the fact that I hate to talk. On yeah. The phone. yeah. <laughs> um, I've um, I've talked to Gail. I talked to uh, Sean McKeever is one of my best friends. Yeah. So I mean, that's there's differences there. Mm. Um, but but a fill issue doing one or, issue right, of yeah, something. You're not gonna... I didn't I didn't talk to like Chris Yost. I didn't talk to him at all. Right. Um, um, I did talk to Keith Giffen when I worked on Howling Commandos. Which was actually really cool, <laughs> but uh, that's not the norm. So, right. I mean, I do talk to uh, people when it's like a, something. If there's a, if it's important and the writer, I mean, especially if they've been in the business longer than I have, they know. Well, I'm gonna get something. I gotta get something across to this artist, so mm-hmm. they'll they'll call me, and they know that's cool because I'm I want that to happen. But I'll also at the same time I want them to know they don't need to bother with it. I right. Can, I can. I pride myself on being able to take that script and, and do what they want. I, I'm actually so much more the opposite that I did an eleven the eleven page story I did for Free Comic Book Day, eleven pages of the Astonishing X Men Runaways, uh, never to be revisited again. Um, I think Brian and I talked uh, every day almost about it <laughs> and, with, and with with uh, with uh, uh, um, Brian Vaughn. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because I didn't meet him until after I did my runaways. <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's amazing. You'll be watching I, Friday Night Lights like, uh, at the same time. Because I turned in, I think I turned, <laughs> I turned in my first pages for that, and uh, and he wrote me right away. It was like, oh, these look great, and he gave me his number. It was like, if you have any questions, and I actually had an idea for like just a, like a location change to make it a little bit more visually exciting. And said, uh, fuck you. Well, actually, so I called him up and I and I threw the idea at him, and at first he was like, "Eh, eh," "We talked about it." He goes, "Well, what do you?" He 
and then he wanted me to explain a little bit more, and I explained a little bit more, and he was like, oh, that could be cool. Yeah, if you want to, go ahead. And so, like, I talked him into it, and then when he said go ahead, I just kept it his way. I just, <laughs> I just decided. You just wanted like, that satisfaction. I like, well, I had the idea. I talked the writer into it. Well, here's the, here, here where really what it was is uh, I had the idea. I thought it would be cool, and then the more I thought about it, it'd be much harder. And oh, take me lo- so I actually it was one of those things where I didn't have a lot of time, so I actually needed to go. Ah, you know, we'll take it. And his way was good. It was not a either or. It was basically a place I wanted to just take it from the street level to the subway he level, so I could draw of, cooler stuff. He's like, open up that issue of Runaways I sent you for reference. Is there space underneath the writer beneath my name? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I'm the writer. It brings up a good thing that we probably should have have, have said to begin with, but uh, there's no. I mean, there's no right. A wrong way oh, no. for any of the stuff that you, you know what I mean. Well, I mean certain things certainly, but but when it comes to an artistic, you can't ink first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean everybody, every every one of you guys probably now. do things. I mean, you guys both know a lot of different comic artists, and I'm sure oh, yeah. you guys all do things completely different. I'll do different things from month to month. I mean, yeah, uh, I've from, done four issues of New X Men. I I swear every issue has been a different process. Well. Different from month to month, but John Sokol asks, "What's a typical day like, if there's such a thing?" Uh, you have more of a schedule than I do. I've gotten one. I mean, like I said, the first couple of years it tai was just in the morning. It was wake up, <laughs> jerk off, no, taekwondo. <laughs> That's uh, changed. <laughs> it used to be wake up, sit down. Uh, a couple of buddies, Greg Titus, a couple other guys would come over. We draw all day into the middle of the night every day. We just had no lives and. But over the last maybe three years, I've... Uh, That's my life without the friends coming over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, over the last three years, though, I've made it a point to uh, get up early, go to the gym, come back home, start work, and try to be done by five or six. Um, and that's pretty much what I do every day. Now, sometimes... Uh, and try to take the weekends off as well. I mean, I try my best to schedule it out. Um <sighs> Now, sometimes, like right now, I'm, you know, my books are pretty quickly being done, so there's no really weekends, but um, I try to make it. place in white rooms. Yeah. (laughs) There's just no sound, no anything. (laughs) But I I try to make it as, as, because, you know, I have other people in my life, friends and my girlfriend who have normal schedules, and if I want to be a part of that in any way, I've got to let go of that desire to just sit in front of that you know desk all day long which i would do if i didn't have anybody else around because i love it norton uh i i i don't have the off switch i do sit in front you're drawing right now yeah right now that's what i'm talking about please leave me alone right (laughs) no i uh i i get up in the morning fairly early and i i draw take the dog out go running come back and i draw for the rest of the day and night. What time do you usually stop? Mm, yeah, I don't know. When he falls asleep? Well, I mean, <laughs> actually, it's been really good this most of this year right now. I've kind of gotten to a schedule where I'll stop at like five or six. Right. Um, now I'm doing two books right now at the same time. So I, I'm done. We already I, talked about this off mic yeah, earlier. Well, yeah, I don't, we convinced I, each other to not complain about what our weeks yeah, have been I, like. I, 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 I. I him saying I'm drawing right now mm-hmm. probably if I you could should I would be, be yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm oh, I'm cool. kind of I get you could you could use the word workaholic because I mean I I have to be told not to work I mean at at the beginning that it was actually a good thing because right. actually that that kind of uh, mentality gets you ahead 
in this business. But uh, now it's kind of like, uh, gee, I wish I could go out and have fun. Right. But, uh, yeah, I tend to be a little more workaholic. When your project is done, how do you how do you get your next job? Is uh, is John's next question? What how is what's that process like? I mean, well, that's I think that's again that's going to be different for everybody. Uh, I, well, I no, think everybody begs a little bit, a little bit <laughs> <laughs> with cups. They beg a little bit differently. Everyone begs in a different way. Uh, <laughs> that's the perfect way of putting it. Everyone begs in a different way. Uh, well, Mike and I are both exclusive, so. Uh, at our uh, at our company, so much less <clears throat> invested in terms yeah. right now. Yeah, so we do less begging, and there's still begging, I think, involved in <laughs> yes, the exclusive totally, contract. Yes, but, uh, you do less begging uh, under the exclusive, but even before that, um, it really just came down to you know. Usually, I know I have a relationship with a couple editors uh, that I've worked with that I really enjoy working with, and a couple writers, um, and uh, and usually it's just a matter of Sometimes you get lucky and a project comes up and your name gets thrown in the mix for it. Or mm-hmm. uh, like New Warriors, sit down with a writer friend and an editor and, and you put some pitches through. I mean, Zeb and I have put maybe six or seven pitches through. Uh, and New War, you know, New Warriors came out and we've, we've got oh, a your record's not that good, is it? It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. It's terrible. Not is the, is the it's like skateboard the been a problem? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's been the bane of my life. But. Uh, yeah, it's it's the next job thing. It's it's all over the place. But I mean, once you've been there for a little while, it it's usually your name's up there floating around right. for some other some project. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, his next question is: How do you start a blank page? Uh, say the script calls for a certain number of panels. Do you usually follow that? What uh, what do you draw first? Uh, the concept of a blank like page seems questions there intimidating to me. Do you visualize the image first? You pray. Do you pray for your you go or artistic... You want me to go over? I'll go first. Go ahead, buddy. Go uh, ahead, buddy. Oh, which question do I take first? How do you start the blank page? I don't start the blank page. I, uh, I get a script. I, this is how I do it. I get a script. Usually it's a full script, thank God. Hopefully it's a, not five pages of script. And I sit there and I read it just like I would read any comic book. And I sit there and I think about it like it's a movie playing in my head as I'm reading it, right? Read it the one time. Then I go through it again and I mark off, you know, I'm just drawing little things about, you know, what's this panel going to look like? What's this panel going to look like? Then I go and I do layouts. So I never start with a blank page. I did that. I used to do that when I was doing a, a Teen Titans Go for Johnny DC because, uh, it was more energetic if I just didn't know what I was doing before I got to the page. Mm-hmm. But you get a lot more mistakes that way because you you don't know where you're going. Right. You know, it's just like you ever try and just do a sketch. You're gonna. That's why sketchbooks are sketchbooks. That's where you make mistakes. You know, right. it's just like. And uh, so I I end up doing layouts and stuff first. So I mean, and uh, I I'm usually pretty faithful with scripts if it says you know. Panel one, panel two, panel three. I'm, I'm, I usually go out of my way to try and do what the writer asked for, because usually, I mean, if they're a good writer, there's no real reason to you change know, it. Go off of off a of script, but um, sometimes you have to. Some even I've had really good writers that you know just didn't get the idea of more than one action happening in one right. panel can't happen, you know? 
Uh, like from an airplane, you could see someone on the ground. But their, <laughs> their expression. You know, they describe like their expression yeah. from an airplane. And, they're, and they're, they run and pick up a gun. Yeah. In yeah. the same panel. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, what's the uh, what's the other question on here? Uh, what do you start with first? No, I think, it's I think you kind of... Yeah, 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 yeah. I just sit there and I, th- I read it. And I, I, I do visualize it like it's a movie. And then I reread it. And do my layouts. Okay, Scotty. Uh, yeah, I I I read through the whole script the same way first before I do anything, and then um, I take uh, basically an eleven by seventeen sheet of paper that I print out, uh, basically nine nine little thumbnail. Basically, I just take the Marvel paper, sh- scan it, shrink it, and I put nine of those on a eleven by seventeen. So they end up being, I don't know three inches three and a half inches tall Mm -hmm. very small um what i usually do is i on each page there's usually a a focal panel or what i would consider the most important panel of that page and and that would be the biggest panel um lately over the last year so i've been doing a lot of just the grid formatting pages which is everything just in boxes nothing breaking panel borders so i will uh i'll pick that most important panel and i'll kind of if it's the fourth panel, if it's the fifth panel, wherever, then I'll kind of leave that space. I'll I'll give a box for that space first, so I know what size. Because you can kind of see, you've already read the script, you can kind of see what image you want for that, uh, mm. especially the the important panel. So I leave a space for that the most important panel, and then I kind of work the supporting panels in around it. Um, and then, you know, just do the like stick figure style, right. Lay out the page. I lay out the whole book before I ever start pencils. So I can look at little three inch tall, basically oh, yeah. almost like storyboard versions you, of my entire I lay out issue. the whole book. Yeah. yeah. The whole book. Wow. Whole book no kidding. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, so that way you can step back, make sure it all flows together. Uh, but yeah, there's never do you, I don't think you should just pull out, especially if you're starting out now years in the industry, you know, 20 years in the industry, you've internalized a lot of, you know, internalized a lot of stuff. You could probably go straight to a page, but starting out, I would suggest everybody take the time to lay the book out small, work it out, try a couple different thumbnails for each page, you know, whatever you need to do to really make sure it all works. Uh, Your storytelling solid. Uh, Mike, like Mike was saying, I usually try to do my best to keep the script uh, or draw the pages to what the the writers wanted. I will go in and add panels. Uh, sometimes. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll yeah, that. I'll add panels to help create a few beats between things. Mm-hmm. If I think this is a really important action, I don't think it should go boom, boom. I want it to go boom, rest a few panels, and then you get the reaction. Or I like to do a lot of little weird, quirky like close ups on super close up on an Silhouettes. eye just to. <laughs> Yeah, well, wait till next. Another no. <laughs> blacked out figure. Yeah, so there you go. I'm Ed Brubaker, and when I'm not killing Foggy Nelson, I like to accidentally delete off my desktop the Around Comics podcast. Timmy Wood asks: Some artists use the traditional borders, while others use it to expand their storytelling technique. Is it easier to take more liberties like that in an independent comic? Or would the big companies have a problem with it? I don't think they really care. Mm-mm. If I went and did squiggle panels around, squiggle borders around my panels, I don't think anybody would stop me from doing it. It's just, it's not a rule. I just think it's about make. If it looks good, it looks good. Yeah. I don't think what it, yeah. you know, if it looks good, it looks good, and it's passable. If it looks like shit, somebody's gonna tell you it looks like shit. Yeah. You know. 
Exactly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you, know, get good, call, yeah. you get a call that's from the shit. editor. What the, Hi, what the hell doing? are you doing here? What are you doing? Yeah. I'm um, just putting borders on. Yeah, what do you want, man? I, 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 put, I put flowers in the uh, corner uh, of everybody. I'm not strung out. I'm sick. I <laughs> took the liberty of putting the uh, script in there in uh, Wingdings. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> if it looks good. I'm trying something. Come yeah. on. It's artistic expression, motherfucker. Did you call Alan Moore when he... <laughs> If it looks good, they won't say anything. If it if they have yeah, a problem that's it, with that's it, it. that yeah. actually is yeah. true. Spend, like you spend all day, like uh, you know, I'll send Mike this, like look at my latest page, and yeah. send it. it's nice. <laughs> thanks. You got the next one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Where's the rest of the issue? Well, but that is, the, I mean, that it, that really is how it happens. Yeah. You send them, you like, oh, I spent all day. I just want somebody to tell me it's good, yeah. and then they won't say anything. I don't. This I is also acceptable. Don't, yeah, I don't exactly, blame them. Exactly. That's the Stamp. worst yeah. thing you can say. Yeah. It's like this is good. Worse is nice. Oh, it's nice. Yeah, very, you, very you, nice. it bothers you more yeah. than it does me. And it bothers I'd me. Just, I'd rather just get thanks, but when you say, thanks. oh, nice. nice. I'm like, very fucking, nice. what am I, a puppy? You're a nice guy. Nice. Oh, You're that's nice. a cute page. Yeah. That's <laughs> a cute page. I'd like that. Better. I'm best friends with this page. I think the word you're looking <laughs> for is freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just pass out? That's why you couldn't write anymore? It, it blew your mind that much? <laughs> well, this, uh, this actually uh, leads right into the next question from Shipwreck. Uh, he said, how often are you asked to redo something you've submitted, either by a writer <laughs> or by the editor? And, and then he goes on to say, if and when this happens, what kind of turnaround time are you given to make the changes? And do you have any methods to prepare for this occurrence or at least make it easier on yourselves? So does it, do, uh, how often are you guys asked to make changes? Uh, it happens. Uh, it doesn't happen, like, all the time, but mm. it does happen. I mean, it, it happens enough that you shouldn't be surprised when it happens. When it happens. Yeah, but I always am. Yeah, you're like son of a bitch. Don't they what? know? This is him. Don't they know who I am? Yeah. And I then did, he clicks the I did phone. Call I'm like, Mike once they went, uh, uh, not long ago, and they were, I was like, "Can you fucking believe this? It's so fucking silly." Well, I think you did have a point though. Yeah, no, <laughs> yours I was just, like yeah. a out of the norm. Yeah, mine's thing. never about like I. Now, well, honestly, here here's another reason. I don't. Until a few months ago, I had honestly, it's been years since I'd ever got a correction back. Like a major like redraw right correction. Sometimes it's just like uh, not smiling or something, you know, yeah. something like that. But um, I don't ever get huffy about it. Like oh, it's more work. Sometimes like I get really invested in reasoning why people should have certain expressions or what kind of clothes or whatever body language those things. Or... So if I truly am like like Norton was saying, I mean, if I truly have a point. I, I'm going to, you know, let the point be known. That one I lost. I totally <laughs> lost it. But today, I had another one that I wrote back. I was like, hey, remember that one I lost? You owe me. <laughs> but this one so was just because it was it a good... This one was a really good one. But uh, it doesn't happen that often. I mean, it usually has to be... <laughs> On cell phone crazy. That's like a saxophone over Stan here. Dan DiDio calling Mike. <laughs> Shut up! What are you talking about me? You Why aren't you drawing? Adam. Why aren't you drawing those nice pages? Yeah. Those uh, nice. You know <laughs> They're only nice. Hold on. On, real quick on that one though. There are there are steps that you go through as well before you. I mean, I I pencil and ink my own stuff, so I go through three rounds of. Um, approvals giving pages well maybe you could call them approvals kind, i guess yeah, kind of when approvals. you give them your thumbnail as long as you stick pretty close to your thumbnail you're never going to have to redraw something that's not necessarily true because we, we've well, talked me. about this yeah well yeah well on that thing and that only makes it worse yeah. because it's like you've seen this yeah, three you times approved it <laughs> you son of have a you bitch ever, have you ever drawn something yeah, and just doesn't like, work for me 
completely read something really different from the way that yeah oh, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. tell anybody like, about yeah. that because that's embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> you read it and they're like why did you draw the recent characters there actually because I got yeah in in Adam issue twelve um. There's a there's a fight scene at the end where he fights all of the a- old yeah, Adam's lame villains, and uh, he's uh, the the thinker is one of them, and uh, I oh, think I that's gonna... who he is is the thinker. And in the original pages, that was actually Doctor Light. Yeah, and I had to go back and change him in all those pages because uh, they didn't want Doctor Light to be in there because uh, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what the reason was behind it. I don't know if they wanted you know maybe he's too. He's too dark and too badass now. Yeah, we didn't want to, you know, make him part of this. But they actually left the dialogue in there because there was a joke where he punches him out, and Adam's like, "Yeah, I really hate that guy." Because it was kind of a yeah. joke. It's Doctor Light. <laughs> Nobody likes him now. Yeah. And uh, but they left it in there. But it, even though he's punching out Thinker, so. But you know that was one of those things where. That was called down from up high right. after the thing had even been done. So it's it. You can't really get mad about it, and they give you time to do it. They understand that you got to do yeah, it. So, uh, Tom, this is a this is a question from Shane White. One of my biggest problems, because I love working in the medium of comic storytelling so much, is turning it off and doing other stuff. What other stuff outside of comics do you do or want to do more of? What's your theory about why comic creators won't make? Uh, well, this is yeah, totally we'll do the, the topic. Yeah, okay. yeah, so. Um. I work on your abs a lot. Yeah, my one big ab. <laughs> You've got one ab. Yeah, yeah it's giant. <laughs> it's, it's strong. Uh, you should have that. I watch out, actually a lot of DVDs. Yeah, you uh, do. I mean, I watch. I a, thought I did. I thought yeah. me and Crank together did. Yeah. But you. I watch a lot of DVDs. Uh, I ride my bike. Aww. I go on a bike ride. Dun, 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 dun. Um, soon your Vespa. I don't know, man. I just hang out with my lady. That's not at all romantic and stuff. You know what we do together? Watch DVDs. Yeah, or ride bikes. Yeah, or ride bikes. Bike. But, but ju- we haven't even rode bikes Damn. together because we just got her a bike. But That's normal weird. people stuff, I guess. I don't know. It is hard to turn it off and on. Yeah, I, mean, I don't talk on podcasts about comics. Yeah, it, yeah, well, that's what the fuck I'm here for. Well, that's I, what like, I, do. I gotta turn it off. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. turn it off. You know what I do when I'm not drawing? I call Mike and go, yeah, playing about drawing. Will you please stop drawing so I can stop drawing? And my, that's Mike, exactly yeah, what he does. I do. I complain about yeah, it every day. Like, I why is he always fucking distracting me? Yeah. Doesn't he know I have work to do? Like today, I called him. I said, Mike, look, dude, it's too nice outside. Will you stop working? I'll stop working. I'll just work extra tomorrow, yeah. and we'll go hang out before the podcast. And what did I say? No, I gotta do chores. <laughs> chores? Yeah. You gotta milk a I had stuff. <laughs> I had stuff to do. <laughs> Alright, next fucking question. Alright, the... Uh, what's, your, what's your theory about why... Shane White, you're too fucking pretty. What's your theory about why comic creators won't make friends with other creators until they've seen their work published? I've never heard of that. I think Shane needs to see a shrink. Yeah. <laughs> Who does he want to be friends with? He's like, why will Alex Ross not go to the movies with me? I think Shane showed all his cards too early there. <laughs> Damn. He went from a real like, hey, what do you guys do when you're not working? Why, Why won't you, you be my friend? friend? <laughs> no, that's not true. I like Shane. He's very Shane. handsome. Uh, <laughs> How can you not like him? I actually saw I'm him. in love with yeah. him. Yeah. He's... I would date him. Just probably. four men on a podcast talking about how another man's handsome. Uh, I think that, I, think that, I mean, that. it's a weird question, but uh, I don't know. When do we run into? I mean, at con- you run into people that haven't been published at conventions, but then they, you know, they usually live all over the 
the globe. It's really hard. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, mean, I have tons of friends. I mean, our drawing night is filled with people. That I've never seen anything. From. Yeah, yeah, nobody ever. Well, convention, but I, I never talked to them though. Yeah, yeah. I never talked to them. You're proving though, the theory. So maybe you're right. right. Not your friend. <laughs> I always sit at the other end of the yeah. table. Well, I always, I can't be friends with people that make less money than me. <laughs> Wait so. a minute. <laughs> yeah. So I need to see like an ATM. You were balance. always like that though, even when you were like a waiter. Yeah. I'm going to end the like I can't uh, talk to you. Will I can't you talk show to me your ATM boy. or I can't fucking talk to you. Do you have any stock up? All right. <laughs> Let me see your portfolio. The next uh, next question is from Subtwi to Sub to IIE. any writers in particular in particular you'd like to collaborate with? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Do you have a dream writer? This is going to sound like a joke, but it's absolutely not a joke. Um, just me. Gene Roddenberry. Yourself. I want to write. <laughs> Fuck you, Scotty. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> I said, like I said, it's going to sound like a joke. Well, but it's not. I'd rather, d- I want you wanna, you to wanna wanna work start on your writing. Own. Yeah. You want to do your own project. I have yeah, always can. wanted to work with Scotty Young, too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to do Scotty Young's you know, tax return. <laughs> you all want to work with you know what? I, you know, I'm getting, made, yeah, I'm getting made fun of because I want to uh, control. They all want to work for people. <laughs> They're laughing like, ah, Scotty. he wants to do stuff no, on his no, own. I want to work for the man. Have you ever turned we're, we're down one of your with pages? You, What's that? Have you ever turned down one of your own I do. Pages? I do give my own corrections. Like, yeah, this isn't good. This is the no, wrong well, character. Well, I don't I've talked, and we've talked about, yeah. I mean, the stuff you, you, that you want to do your own project and you want to do. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, yeah. I, I am at a point, and like I said, I know mm-hmm. it sounds like a joke, but I'm being very, very serious. I, and I'm not saying I'm fantastic at it. I'm saying that I want to start instead of dreaming about working with other writers who have worked with a million other artists i want to start the process of doing it myself right which i got a chance to do in uh the legion of monsters with the frankenstein but i would rather that start... was a good story too yes. yeah well thank you yeah. but i'd rather start doing that i mean are the writers out there that i like very much so i think that there's a lot of great writers out there but uh i think as a creator after a while you're just itching to create everything right do you think it's kind of because um you know you first when you first got your first job was like straight through marvel you you didn't do sort of the you know your own first published book on your own beforehand do you think that's a little bit of it too that you sort of had that you still have that itch maybe that well i've had the for me the itch was i was not uh i got into comics in the 90s you know everybody bitches about the 90s i can't bitch about the 90s that's what got me into comics but the 90s, were, the whole image craze was, was creator-owned. Yeah. So that's what all I thought comic books were. I didn't ever have the dream to, uh, when I was 14 years old, I didn't think, man, maybe one day I can draw Batman or Spider-Man or Superman because I thought somebody had that job. Yeah. In my mind, comic books were something that you created on your own and you right. put out into the world. So that's been my dream from the yeah. beginning. It wasn't until I got older that I realized... Oh, I might have to do the other thing yeah. first because I'm very realistic. I need to make money as well. You know, I need to pay my bills and and support myself. So I thought, well, maybe I'll have to do the other thing first before I get to that and and learn how to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and after getting the chance to work at Warner Brothers and the Cartoon Network yeah. on developing stories and shows, it's taught me a lot about crafting stories. All right. Uh, so, Mike, any any writers you really want to collaborate with? Me. Other than Scotty, 
assholes. Um. Oh, <laughs> I have that's goals. a really that's a really hard question. I mean, I could I could just you know. Stanley. I could. You're well, I worked, worked with Stanley. Yeah. See, I'm I'm very You're very huge, lucky. dude. No, I'm not <laughs> huge. I'm very lucky. I've gotten to work with a lot of people that. I mean, and I haven't done that much. You know, so I'm just I've I've been able to work with a lot of people that it's just been really lucky to do. So uh, right now I'm doing a script by Roger Stern, you know, and Roger Stern wrote like some of my favorite Spider-Man stories ever. You know, so I'm right. Whoever I get, I'm always, you know, I'm just lucky to have. I just like doing. I don't have anybody in particular. It's like I could think and say I could just say Alan Moore. Or right. something like that. But, I mean, like, but it's just like, you know. There's nobody else that you're, like, actively trying to. I'm not, yeah. yeah I'm not, yeah. If, if, you know, if uh, um, if John Byrne was doing something and they asked me to do it, I would think that, you know, from being a little kid and looking up to that artist so much, I'd be, wow, this is really cool. Right. But I, there's not stuff that I'm just, like, itching to. And, and like Scotty, I want to do my own thing, but I'm also, I'm one of those guys that I just, I really like playing in other people's sandboxes. Yeah. Just I'm, because yeah. it's, it's, it's a lot harder to do your own stuff than it is to do other people's, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. So I like, you know, not having that responsibility. Because <laughs> you know? I've spent, well, I spent, you had, I've, you had, I've spent all my time going from just being the penciler to then taking on penciling and inking and then pencil inking and coloring to then writing was the next thing. So I've I've spent all my time inching towards that uh, the same way where I enjoy or yeah Mike said he really likes playing in the sandbox and uh, while there's probably writers out there that I really really love to read, I almost feel that um would I have the same appreciation for it work you know i'll give you the script book to leave extraordinary gentlemen and then you draw it (laughs) (laughs) and alan Alan moore would throw a goddamn hissy fit like he always does this is fan fiction and i fucking hate it i don't want my name attached to it the scotty young version of leave which anyone could do because you can get the entire script book so why hasn't anyone done that (laughs) you do it caters yeah because it's figures i don't know all right our next uh, question came uh, comes from papercut dan Everybody said uh, more than one, probably. Yeah, he's got a few here. We're we're gonna start editing a little bit here. We we have so many questions. We're gonna kind of try and weed out some that we uh, have either are gonna go over or they kind of are redundant. But um, his question is, uh, how detailed do you like the scripts that are sent to you, hmm. Mike? Uh, well, uh, how detailed? I guess the regular amount of detail. <laughs> I guess. Most most people I've worked with all work with full scripts, which is basically like a movie script. They describe the scene of that page, then they break the page down into panels, and then they have the dialogue of what's being said in that panel. Now, all of that can change once they get the art back and they'll redo stuff. Mm. But that's basically what's going on. I like that. Uh, right now I'm doing two stories right now that are all from uh, Marvel style. Which is nothing. It's uh, old Marvel style. That style yeah. is not really in existence yeah, anymore. A lot of people don't use it, right. except for people that have been working for like right. thirty years. Right. Um, and just so happens, the people who are writing these stories that have been working for you know over thirty years. So, which real quick for people who don't know what Marvel style is, it's Marvel basically style just is, a plot. Uh, it's a plot, like and it almost tells prose you, form. Yes, almost that's exactly just what prose it is. form. Yes. Uh, each uh, the pages I get is pretty much a paragraph of what's happening on that page. And it's up to me to break that down into the actions that are happening in each individual panels. 
Um, I prefer the full script mainly. Um, uh, I discovered that from working on these Marvel scripts because I like knowing what the characters are saying to each other. So I know what to draw mm -hmm. on their faces mm -hmm. um, because I mean, at least the little bit of feedback I've gotten to my work over the years is that I, I, I do good facial expressions. I do good character interaction and, that's really kind of hard to do when you're kind of guessing what they're what they're going to they're say. doing. Yeah. So uh, I I like the full script method. So. I like uh, like Mike. I like when I know what the characters are saying. You know, I want the full conversation. Um, uh, I don't necessarily always. I don't mind it, but I don't necessarily always follow it. If uh, I don't need you to tell me exactly where the camera is going to be, because sometimes I think. Um, that's part of the fun of the job of the artist is to be able to set up that really good shot. Um, so I'll play with that a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, working with somebody like Zeb being really close and understanding uh, each other so well, uh, that was very, you know, he gave me a script where the, you know, the panel description was not wide angle from above, you know, this angle, this angle. It was more just like uh, so-and-so talks to so-and-so. And here's what they say. You literally you know. had to fill in that the does change. I mean, when you do work with somebody that you know, like this, th that happened with yeah. me and McKeever. Yeah. I mean, that, when you do work with somebody that knows you right. and you know them, and they trust they you, tend to, and you like each other's stuff as yeah, well. Yeah. I mean, there have been occasions where I get a script from Sean and I draw something, and he ends up taking stuff out because I drew right. what he wrote in there. He's like, "Well, I don't need to say that now because right. he drew it." Right. Because you're kind of working on that kind of mm -hmm. almost. It's not psychic. But no, but you're in tune you with one another. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, his next question was, can you talk about the mindset you have when it comes to drawing a comic book cover opposed to the sequential art inside a book? Well, sure. I mean, it's it's definitely night and day. You yeah. usually have me. Well, I usually have a little more time for a cover. Um, and it's a cover is really about taking one piece of paper, and, and it's all about composition and creativity, you know, to... And, and making it as a strong as strong as image as it can be one drawing uh, as opposed to an interior where you know a page can have anywhere from four to eight panels on it with who knows what's going on in there with you know cropped heads and mm -hmm. uh yeah it's it's definitely a different ball game i mean it, i think you can see in the industry people that are amazing at covers and not so much on the interiors interiors involve uh, like we were talking about before, facial expressions and body language and, and attitude and storytelling and camera angles. And, uh, cover really just involves the most important thing is composition. I mean, sometimes I wish in comics it was a little bit more important, but color theory and, and color harmony and things like that is very, very important for the cover. On the interiors, you read through it so quickly that sometimes, you know, while I want the colors to be perfect most of the time but uh the cover to me is it's really really important to have a good grasp on well, what you know, sort of time constraints do you have on a cover as opposed to i mean do you feel like if you work on a cover you have more than enough time to oh get yeah the type of cover you want like, oh sure know? yeah i mean you have basically a full i mean pre you turn in your cover for previews i mean i was i'm doing uh covers for iron man marvel adventures iron man new x-men and cable deadpool all alongside of doing the monthly book, but I get to do those covers once a month as opposed yeah. to doing a page every day. So uh, I have all month to sit around and, you know, each day when I'm done with my pages, I'll do a couple 
ideas and come up with a couple concepts for the covers and uh, color comps and what kind of mood I want the covers to be. So there's definitely a lot more time, I think, that you get for, uh, I mean, obviously, for one drawing as opposed to 22 pages. What do you think, Mike Norton? No, <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> God I damn mean, right, I'm right. I mean, I mean, it is night and day. I mean, the cover. There's a science to drawing a cover, hmm. and uh, a cover is not a splash page. A cover no. is a cover, and um, I mean, even with a splash page, you're still telling a story. So there are things that you can take liberties with. A cover, right. you have to tell a story in one, essentially one panel, hmm. and. Uh, and even on top of that, it has to be dynamic. It has to be aesthetically pleasing. It has to follow the rules of, you know, you know, composition and stuff like that. It's very, actually, it's very tough to do a cover. Right. You know, I, I've only done a, a couple. Of, well, I, I've done a, I've done several, but I mean, I, I don't do the majority of covers on the books that I work on. So I mean, um, um, I believe you know, Ladron does the covers for Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those are amazing, yeah. amazing covers, yeah, right? Yeah. And he's only working from like a paragraph description of what's going on in that issue. So I mean, it's just like well, a lot of times with like covers like LeJohn's covers, it's his the compositional skills of what's on it and like how it looks, exactly. like the actual nuts and bolts well, of how it looks is plays much bigger role than let's say like it has to tell necessarily a specific. Well, think about it. Yeah. I mean. He gets this paragraph description of what's going on in that story, and it's up to him. It's like, I've got to come up with some fantastic scene. Which I think he's done extremely well. Exactly is what I'm saying. He's just coming something out of his head, and he doesn't even really know what's going on in that issue. (laughs) And it's just, that is really hard to do. So, Hi, I'm Steve Rude the Dude, and you're listening to Around Comics. Um, let's see, what was next? Uh, Vorpal Keith, he said, uh, what are some of the materials you use in terms of paper, uh, pencils, etc.? Um, well, the Marvel and DC both send you paper, so, I mean, for, for the actual pages. It's, just, it's basically just Strathmore Bristol board. Yes. Um, pencils, man, I'll tell you what, I, th- my, I myself and I think every artist on the planet has been searching since the beginning of time for a magic pencil, <laughs> the one that makes you draw the best. Uh, I like the one, yeah, yeah, the one that draws for you. Yeah, I go to, the, I literally go to the art store once a week to try and find the magic pencil. Do you really? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, th- I really think... Because I, I, well, I'm, I, you're kind of like my scout. You go and you yeah. do it, and then I say, "What is yeah. what's good?" And then I order what you got. Yeah, you would, <laughs> I'm not going to the store. What just, I, it, for me, I know that it's it's just like anything, right? If you're a runner, or you yeah. play basketball, or you skateboard, uh, you think when your board gets old and ratty. You think all of a sudden, if you buy a new skateboard, you will be able to 360 kick yeah. flip over It'll a car. Get better because you know, yeah. that's the thing that's holding you yeah. back. Be- yeah, well, you're, because you, I think it really all comes down to the desire to be better. And if I can get a different kind of pencil, uh, now I, I do think I am definitely a person who thinks the tools help you get closer to the kind of drawings you want. Uh, whether you know depends on. I'm very heavy handed and I scribble a lot, so I need a softer lead that allows the pencil to move around on the paper a little smoother without having to tear it up Uh, i need it to be softer so it'll race because i do scribble a lot um it really just all depends i don't think there's any i know every how to draw comic you know every how to draw comics Mm -hmm. thing is always telling you know draw with a 2h and blow you know there's 
There's just no right or wrong. It's whatever you're comfortable. Draw with the, you they know, draw the goddamn balloon people. filled they with. They got yeah. money from the two age yeah. people. That's <laughs> it. But uh, it was two age grade, dumbass. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> fucker. No, but no, that's a, that's tape. a good that's a good point though because they 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 you do read yeah. that in those books a- every book. And I went and I did that. Yeah. And I'm just and after terrible. a while, it took a while for me to get to realize this. This is not working oh, for me. I have terrible. to use. I, I it's use, like drawing with a diamond. It is. Yeah. And I know people that use like 4H and Joe Casada. Like, 4H. 4H. How do you even see the line when it's on the paper? Because there's <laughs> yeah. really nothing coming off. Yeah. So what do you pencil. guys use? I, I use just a regular HB. I draw. Which is kind of the mid. Just a regular pencil that you would yeah, use. Yeah, it's number two, number two pencil. Yeah, it's a number two pencil. I use a B. Which, which is, which is soft. even softer. It's two, le- two levels softer, softer than that. There's HBF mm. and then B. Uh, B is really soft. It gets really dark if you want it to be, mm. but it also just glides uh, across. And for me, it's it really helps if you have to draw fast. Like like right now, I'm doing books a little quicker than I'd like to do. So uh, if my lead, it's it's all stupid little OCD type things, but. I figure if the lead moves faster, I finish faster. <laughs> You're drawn faster. Really, if it's a hard lead, it takes longer to put the line down because it's hard and you can't yeah, see it. Yeah, and if I got to go over, to if I have to go over the line three times to see it, yeah. then that's yep. three. Then yep. imagine get, a two thousand lines. Do you use uh, blue line pencils at all to to lay stuff? I out? used to until actually he turned me on to colored pencils, yeah, which are kind of the same thing. I mean, they're essentially because it used to be people would use the colored uh, the blue line for because it plates. didn't it didn't, didn't show up yeah. right. But with scanners the way they are now, it doesn't matter what you use as long as it's it like a be, different color. Yeah. It could so, be purple, green, it could be anything. Yeah, I just use a color-raised colored pencil. It's, it happens to be blue, but I could use purple or orange or whatever. And it's a very, again, it's a very, it's all about, you use the blue pencil, like you said before, it was about getting rid of it on when you used to have to shoot plates. Now, you use that colored pencil because you're probably going to pencil over it, so you need a lighter contrast, mm-hmm. you need a lighter color to work out your structures before you go in with the final pencils. Yeah. And again, those colored pencils are soft. Like I was just saying, they allow you to get a little free. They keep that energy into the initial drawing. You want you want a lot of energy at the beginning cause, because every step is going to deaden your drawing a little bit by little bit by little That's bit. That's true. So you get that, that. For me, the blue pencil at the beginning allows me to get the most energy. And it's all subject. I mean, it, I'm comfortable with it. Right. So it works for me. Some people hate the blue pencil. Some people use the automatic lead. Like Mike before used the lead holder yeah, blue, I used to use lead holders. Uh, and then he was like, "I don't know, maybe I'll try your wooden pencil." I gave it, and he ended up really liking it. Yeah, so I, it's there's no right or wrong art tools, man. It really is just what you feel comfortable with. Try out different things until yeah. you to figure out what works for yes. you. Yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, well, uh, oh, hey, what's uh, going on? Don't. This break is brought to you by Mountain Dew. <laughs> uh, do you have a say? This is from S Rockwood. Do you have a say? Do you have a say as to where the lettering is placed on your page? Given the opportunity, would you ever consider doing your own lettering? Oh, I've done my own lettering. Yeah. I will not do it again. I'd rather shoot myself <laughs> in the goddamn cock than letter my own stuff. Here's the thing about lettering: it, it is. I mean, letterers will tell you all day long that it's an art into itself, and yes, it is. But it's a fucking annoying art if you're doing it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I do not want to be doing this. Yeah. 
I mean, you, know, you to do it well, you have to think. And the last thing I want to do when I've gotten <laughs> to the lettering stage of my comic book is think. Yeah. You know, so it's really hard to do. I, you I have to be like wired that. into that map mindset. Yeah, it's 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 graphic design and gra- and the majority of graphic design is problem solving. Yeah. And I don't enjoy problem solving, which is why I'm not a graphic designer anymore. Which is why it's going to be interesting when you try and get out of that glass box at the end of the night. That we- <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we put handcuffs on you and hidden the key somewhere else. Uh, our next question comes from Yorko. Uh, and I think Yorko's a she. man's yeah. sidekick? His cousin oh, to Orko. Oh. Orko. Um, how do you see your first pro assignment in comics in perspective? Does it hold up well? No. <laughs> retrospect is that what uh, yeah, like looking back at yeah, first work, does it um oh. well my first series at marvel was um i had a few issues before this but my first mini series was uh spider-man legend of the spider clan and uh people for some reason enjoyed it i don't i look back at it now and i can't figure out why but it was a perfect example of i looked back at it saw like if i could only redo that with all the stuff I've learned over the last five years. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I talked to Marvel and I got to redo it. I mean, I mean, not the same story, but that, and that that came up. Yeah. Yeah. The one shot this year that came out in Spider-Man family was my chance. I literally said, uh, I love doing that book, but I was not good enough to do what it could have been. So can I at least do, you know, can I do another one shot of it? Sure. So, uh, and I was so pleased with it because I think any artist, I mean, when you look at something that happened six months ago, sometimes a week ago, mm-hmm. you're literally going, what the fuck was <laughs> I on? Well, and I think that's just a sign of, of you learning and growing yeah. and, as an artist. And if you look back and, you know, self-love, you certainly self-love don't want to look back and yeah. stuff and go, wow, that was great. What Mike, the fuck happened? Mike, what I'm doing Mike, <laughs> Mike looks back at his old stuff and gets a semi. <laughs> he loves it. Mike wow. looks back at his, at his stuff from last month and he yeah, hates it. From today. <laughs> yeah, from yeah, today. He just finished and he throws up. I feel, <laughs> I feel the same way about my first project as I do about the Crankcast. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I did it, but I really don't want anybody else to see it. <laughs> you know? That's, I really... I. I I loved the process of it at the time. I I was learning so much looking at it. Disgust me. Yeah, <laughs> isn't that the worst though? When you're sitting at a convention and someone brings up I'm like a stack of books from six years ago, and <laughs> oh totally, and, and you're so happy. I and almost want to say, hey, I can do better now. Yeah. <laughs> let me read you that. Let, let me read you the whole that. series yeah, for exactly. you. Call me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll redo this for you. Yeah. Uh, the next question is from Hawk. H-O-C-K. Uh, is there anything that writers have done in their scripts that bother you or make it harder? Anything they've done that you like and made your job easier? You go I one? think we mentioned already about writers that have 15... Well, glazed over it. Explain that a little bit. Maybe some writers well, are listening. Uh, potential writers are listening. <laughs> hey, writers, can, stop doing this. Yeah. Um, I've had um, writers... These are really good writers, too, by the way. I mean, people that people like to read their stuff. And they'll end up putting like 15 panels on a page. Sean McKeever. No, it's, it's, <laughs> Sean McKeever is probably, I mean, I'm not going to kiss his ass because that's the last thing his giant head needs. But he really know he thinks about his scripts before he sends it off to an artist. I, you can tell he's thought about what it's going to look like. He's going to have this played over the intercom with Bob Evans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. 
<laughs> but I've had writers they'll put like a fifteen page p- panels on a page in three di- completely different actions going on in each panel. It's the so, classic open the door and walk through it. Exactly, yeah. and these are usually these these writers are usually people that aren't adjusted to comic book storytelling. They've either come from like a movie background animation, or animation movies. or something or like that. Prose. I mean, novels. Or yeah, exactly. So I mean. Um, it's not that they're bad writers, they're just they're, not used they're to They're obviously getting visually. used to the format. Right, right. So that that's kind of annoying. I mean, but um Well it makes it frustrating and very hard to try to accomplish what they intend. Yeah. Because you want to well, serve the writer it, and the story. Exactly. Because and you find yourself in a in a yeah. at a roadblock of going one of your actions that you intend to have here is impossible to get yeah. sacrificed. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's what it is. It's just like, yeah, I don't want to do this, but you're making me yeah. do this. Yeah. I love you. Me. Why are you making me hurt you? And then on the you opposite, call up crying. Yeah. Why are you making me do this? On the opposite <laughs> side of that, like he's saying, I mean, like I, I said before about like guys like McKeever, or even you know, like Jay Torres, who I've worked with, it's just like guys that you've worked with so much that you don't even need to. Yeah. You already know what they're gonna do, so it's just like I do this and. It's like why we don't even need to talk to each other. We already know what we're going to say. But I think visualizing the page, look, you know, for a writer that can visualize what you know, the actions writer, and comic visualize. book writers that they okay, it's it's so important for a comic book writer to to not think like a comic book. This is going to be weird to say to not think like a comic book writer. To you know, to have outside influences, to know how to write. Mm-hmm. But when they're formatting, for them to actually see the comic. In their head right. is so important right. because right. that make it, that's uh, that's what they're writing for you. You know, you know what I'm saying. And, and they're not writing a you, book; they're yeah, writing a script, and exactly. it has to be followed. Just like it's you wouldn't write be, a book that way. And that's why I'm always impressed with guys like when I read. Uh, you know, uh, I've told Sean this before, but like McKeever and Brian Vaughn actually write very similar similar in the way that they write. They're very visual. They you can tell that they've seen this scene in, in their, their head. head. Yeah, you know. Um, and and so it's very easy to follow them. to follow, them. and that's the way it should be. I, I mean, think like, as you know. as the artist as well, though, um, I think more artists should take up and coming artists, artists already in the game, should also put a little bit more worth into what they do as well. As I always think, as the artist, I am fifty percent of the storytelling team. I'm not just the person, you know. I'm not just the last five percent. It's a it's definitely a collaborative effort. So. Um, while sometimes it annoys me when I find those kind of things that Mike brought up in a script where it's the open the door and walk through it mm-hmm. and grab the gun all in the same panel, I find that to be well, one fine. of my challenges as the 50% of the storytelling team to figure out a way to either – usually it's break it all up. you know. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, not a, I'm not afraid to add more panels to a page. I mean I'm not uh, – a lot of artists only want four or five. I actually find – I don't care how many panels are on there as long as what's what's needs to be told is told. But um, I don't think sometimes you can't be such a slave to the panel number or the script to where you're going to find because you'll just frustrate. Like we said, you'll just frustrate yourself to death Mm -hmm. by trying to be so much a slave to what they wrote. All right, next is uh, Ryan Stegman, and he said, uh, when incorporating new things into your personal styles, is it something that you consciously do, or does it sort of happen through osmosis? I the hard question. 
Y'all let Scotty do this because he knows. Okay, what was what was it again? I'm sorry. Ryan Segman, another good-looking uh, question. <laughs> when incorporating question. new things into your personal styles, is it something that you consciously do, or does it just sort of happen through osmosis? I think it's both. Um, I've gotten asked the, uh, the, st- the style question a lot over the years, and it's something that I always feel that I, I know when at some point or another as artists we all found a style a, a, an artist that drew a certain way and at one point or another we tried to draw like that right. guy um we're all guilty of it i don't want to say guilty because that makes it sound bad i mean it's not a bad thing it's just your what you, it's, it's what you do you to develop. learn how to draw yeah um but your natural style comes from i think everything uh, that's why when people are want to draw comic books i would like i think it's important to have other creative influences as well not just comic books if if you're a comic book artist and you want to learn how to draw comic books, you can't just learn from other comic books. It comes becomes it too incestual. Mm-hmm. You it just all becomes kind of retarded versions of each other. And uh, style is something that just comes naturally, depending on what you know music you like or what your lifestyle is. Then when starting to change that or add things to it, it really just like for me personally, I think it just comes down to I just get in the mood to try new things and. Like lately, for the last two or three years, I've been doing this complete, you know, different clean cartoon style. And in this last year, all of a sudden I've went the other way where I'm still drawing with a cartoon base. But then I'm going over top of it with crazy loose ink and brush and uh, watercolors and trying paints and doing textury stuff. So it really just comes from... A desire to learn more about art, to express myself in different ways, or, I mean, it, it's really right. just, I am, I am a person in all parts of my life, not just comics, that wants to try new things all the time, and, and sometimes I'm happy and sometimes I'm not. I mean, to, to sort of answer the question, do you think it's, it, it, you know, it's conscious that you answer try to do something different, but what comes out is probably more uh, maybe instinct or natural or, or, you know what I mean, as far as... You oh, know, sure. you you made the the conscious choice to go. Hey, I'm I'm you know I'm sure. going to try something different. Oh, yeah, yeah. But what ends up you well, know, on the page well, isn't necessarily. Perfect example is uh, the cable Deadpool mm-hmm. covers, which if if anybody has seen those, are very very different from any work that I've put out in the last couple of years. Now the very first one that I did like that, uh, very texture based one. I f- I did a quick doodle. I put it into the computer with full intentions of creating a like a digital oil painting. A very smooth rendered oil painting. That's what my intention was. I was trying something different, um, and then it ended up looking like you know, like a goddamn nine inch nails video at the at the end of it. it and it, it was nowhere close to what I wanted to happen. It was a complete accident and came from frustration of not being able to accomplish what I had in my head. But it just so happened that whatever came out, I was like, "This is kind of fucking cool." I don't know if anybody and. I didn't actually do it for cover. I was just doing it for fun. I happened to send it to Marvel and say, no big deal if you don't like this. But I thought, hey, what do you guys think? And they were like, oh, shit. You know? <laughs> and so now I've done you know, six, seven covers like, like that, that out of me ha- trying to be Alex Ross or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I went completely a different direction. So what do you think, Mike? <sighs> <laughs> this is Mike? like another two-hour show here for this. For me. I, this... The subject, this is, this the is where Mike and I are on de- definitely different I, sides the, of the spectrum. The question of personal 
style for me is like some. I mean, this is the kind of shit that artists cut their ears off for. I mean, seriously. <laughs> By the way, the people need to see Mike's sketchbook too, because he has Mike has about a million. He doesn't give himself credit for this, but he has like six trillion styles, and he's fucking a badass. And that's that's seriously the root of my problem. Is uh. I've spent so much of my career trying to draw like other people because I've been filling in for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I change, like, every, on a daily basis, I look through a comic book and I say, oh, wow, that's really cool. I really want to draw like that. That I really don't know how I draw. Although there are guys like Tim Seeley or, or friends of mine who say, oh, yeah, I can tell a Mike Norton page when I see it. Right. Like, really? Because I can't. And I'm I'm I really am the worst person to ask this question to because just because I can it see is, it a little bit with the Adam. It I'm is like the huge it. it's like a huge quest for me to find that in myself because I mean um, I have definitely have core influences from growing up that I emulated and I think are still very basic building blocks of the way that I draw. But on a daily basis, I I decide well I'm going to draw like this today. Well, I think also it's. It's like a little bit of like if you ask anybody who does anything like where does what you come from what what does your output come from like no I think people have a hard time separating themselves from like thinking like well, well I ripped yeah, this I did this ex- I did this exactly I did this. but it doesn't look like it but that's how you know I, when I you know think of and it, then you think I mean it that it, way. you know I'm either too close or too far away a lot of times and I and I'm I'm definitely overcritical about this stuff so I'm I think I'm I'm if if there's anything like a major mission in in my artwork right now is to try and find a happy balance between you know how I want to draw and you know I I I want to be able to get to that point which I don't think I've found and I don't know if you do find it if no. that then it's over you know because well, you, you hit one this is your style you'll hit one you'll hit yeah. one spot like like I said hit the cartoony thing do that for a couple of years feel pretty comfortable with it and yeah, then exactly. go it's time for the next thing well I tend I tend to be one of those guys that I, I start doing something like that and then I'm thinking hmm am I doing too cartoony maybe I should shift gears on purpose right. So I need to find, uh, it's essentially, you know, you know, this is why, like I said, why artists cut off their ears. Why, yeah. th- why are all artists well, crazy? It's, a, it's yeah. because they're fucking it's talking to themselves, themselves all day. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, uh, and this is why. I, 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 I'm just trying to, to f- make peace with myself, essentially. <laughs> well, it's a mixture of desire to do one thing. It's a, yeah. desi- it's a mixture between desire and fear. I, I a just, desire to accomplish one thing, and you're afraid to... I mean, we're all afraid he, to yeah, try he, you're very He's putting it in words that I can't say because <laughs> I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to talk so good. Um, you got the next one there? What's the next question, Tom Cages? Yeah, that's another one from Ryan Stegman. How much time would you guys say you spend in a sketchbook? I mean, sketchbooks is an abstract, so if you're drawing on typing paper and throwing it away or whatever... Whatever that counts, but how much time would you say you spend practicing or learning new techniques? Well, we just talked about that too. Yeah, yeah. All right. I didn't, well, I didn't really. Well, I didn't really even start until recently. Well, I I do want to say this for up and coming artists because I've done a lot of wizard schools and done you know uh, talking at college and stuff. More, you need to spend more time doing bad drawings than you do good drawings. That's true. When you see people that want to become comic book artists, you see their portfolios, the f- the first thing that I usually notice is they don't spend enough time practicing the underlining stuff 
they look at a finished printed comic book. They don't ever realize the 12 steps it took to get to that finished drawing. Uh, You need to be able to spend more time not worrying about hitting some home run with a giant finished drawing. You need to have thousands of little uh, gesture drawings and doodles. So you should spend more time in a sketchbook than you do on a finished page. The, 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 the page should be the very last part of the equation, not the first. Well, speaking of the steps of getting a finished page, uh, Equinox has some questions about inking. And he's got four, but I'm going to combine them into Here's one the large answer. question about <laughs> inking. Bring it on! Uh, for uh, What kind of creative input, if any, do you provide to your inkers? Do you find that your st- drawing style or level of detail changes if you know a particular inker will be working on your pencils? Do you prefer to ink your own work? And uh, he's noticed a lot of young pencils have adopted more open line style to accommodate today's advanced coloring techniques. Do you think about the coloring while you draw? This question was made for Scotty, so I don't <laughs> First, um, I worked with an inker for a couple years. Uh, my first inker, I really liked working with him. We were friends. Who was that? Uh, his name was Joe Sung. Okay. Um, what project was that? Uh Part of Spider Clan and the Human Torch. Okay. And then uh, Rick Ketchum I worked with on Venom. Oh, wow. Um, and I, I enjoyed Rick's inks. And after that, um, I just, I had gotten better at the drawing side of things. So I just, and it, so it was going quicker. So I thought uh, twofold. I would like to get better at inking. So I'll start inking myself. And I want to make more money. Right. So uh, if I can double my paycheck right. by inking my own work. Uh, I didn't know till later that it would actually become quicker because I didn't have to draw as much because right. I can lay down a basic structure and then ink, do a lot of the drawing with the actual ink pen. Yeah, right. I so the, the point. yeah, the whole process for me became quicker. So I prefer myself to to ink myself, and I've been doing it for the last three years now. So it's been a long time since. And I, I do, actually, I did work with an inker on an issue of New X Men. Because we thought it would go a little quicker, and I I felt bad for him because he's a really good inker, but I'm a freak, control freak. So he I probably put him through more shit than he deserved. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I I am. Oh, a, I was gonna say. I mean, it's got to be difficult to like you know spend this time penciling a page and then handing it to someone else to lay the inks on. If you you know, if, unless yeah. it's someone you have a relationship with, you know what they're going to do. You know, you know what I mean. It's like at some point, it, it, does it get a little scary sometimes? Or it's a little very scary. scary. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean I I hesitate Whoa. to even answer this question because you know those inkers are out there yeah. and they're waiting <laughs> to fuck you over. Well, Mike. you know, well certainly, and and it's not you know not to try and uh, it's just a matter of it's like okay, it. here's your art, and then. Mm-hmm. Give it it's to someone else to change. You know, I mean, that's the way I look at it. It's like, regardless of the skill of the anchor, I mean, it's going to be changed in, in most cases in some yes. way or another. Yes. And that just has to be frightening. It is a, it's just a big crapshoot. I mean, sure. you can suggest who you want, but, and I've done that in the past. And I almost never get the person that I ask for. And, you know, it'll keep you, you just, up at nights. I kid you not. Yeah. And I mean, so really. you just have to sit there and guess what your art's going to end up looking like. Mm. And uh, this it goes the same way with colorists too. You know, oh. it's just like you have a picture in your head while you're drawing this, no matter how vague of what it's going to look like, when, like it's when, done. when it's done. And it never ends up looking like that. And so you really just it's it's very much a gamble. You're just kind of hoping for the best case scenario. And mm. um, fortunately, I've been you know more good than bad. <laughs> I I find that colors to be 
whether you draw with the open line style or you put tons of blacks in there, I don't think it matters either way. I always have, color is almost there in my mind before the actual drawing itself is because I think that color is a gigantic storytelling. Oh, oh, now I'm reading. Oh, kind of what's that? How uh, shows over? But uh, yeah, I think that color is such a huge storytelling tool that sometimes because of the speed that we have to create comics doesn't get the focus or attention that it deserves i mean it to me you should never pick up a book and the entire book be the same color palette or the same temperature i mean you know every scene or every location change should have a different temperature a different color mood the story should move along with those moods the mood should take you from a to b with the color uh, with the tones and the harmony of of all that, so for me, uh, and and again, that was another thing where I, instead of being frustrated with other people, I just said, hey, one day can I color? Hey, I colored my own cover just to try it. They let me do it, and then was another situation where I just said, hey, do you guys mind if I color my own books? Right. And they just said, well, sure, just don't fuck it up. <laughs> and uh, and then I, you know, and I, and I have an assistant. My 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 partner Jean is a, a fantastic guy, and on on uh, X Men, he's pretty much my main. I mean, he doing handling almost everything. We work together for almost three years now, so it's like I would do something, he'll do something, it'll come out. The you know. It's it's almost identical because right. it, uh, and he's fantastic. So color is a huge part of it. All right, well, guys, uh, I, I got one last question here. We have a bunch more questions that we just can't get to. The, the show will just end up being too damn long, and uh, I think it's so but angry. we do appreciate everybody. So uh, Tom, yeah, Tom's, 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 Tom's already, already hitting yeah. people. So <laughs> he just um, hit some. Dude. I don't give a shit. The last the books come out. Blah blah blah. <laughs> fucking draw. <laughs> Yakety yak. The last question uh, is from Joey Grow. Uh, and he said, uh, what's uh, the most important lesson or skill that you learned that you didn't appreciate in learning until after? You learned it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a good question. That is weird. That's why I wanted to end it with that one. Um, so could you answer? Could you ask it one more time, what, Alex? What's the important? What's the most <laughs> important lesson that. or skill that you didn't appreciate learning until later? Honestly, the biggest one is... Making sure that your first priority is storytelling. That actually was going to be my when, when, I, when I first got my first job because you read comics and and being an artist myself, comics to me were about the art for a long time. Right. And all my favorite artists never really drew great books <laughs> to read. So that probably plays a big role in why I haven't read a lot of books because my favorite artists didn't draw the good ones. But um, when I my first couple books, man. The, the term storytelling did not exist. <laughs> I thought that every page needed to be... Ah, oh, you know, nice! I, yeah, and I thought every everyone. panel needed to give you a goddamn seizure. It had to be so <laughs> awesome. Uh, or crazy or in your face. It wasn't till you know, a year or so in where I was like... Where I started... And maybe it was the first couple times I started getting scripts that I wasn't wild about. And actually it started to click in my head like... Oh... The story is important, <laughs> and the storytelling, and and then for me, working in animation and working with acting, you know, where you're taking characters and you're making them act uh, and giving them a lot of personality, started to teach me a lot about storytelling, and I became more important to me as I got better. It became more important as well. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing that I think I did not. Not only did I not appreciate it, but I didn't even know to think about appreciating it until after I was in for a while. No, it's, that's a good point. I mean, 
I think. I mean, I, I, I'm a little older than Scotty, and plus I got into comics a little younger, and mm-hmm. so I. But I don't think it changes the fact that when you're a kid, you're attracted to the visuals of mm-hmm. the comics, sure, and you are are drawn to the giant splash page of somebody crashing through a window or something, and that's what you think comics are. And so that's what you you I want to draw comics. That really means you want to draw the big pe- splash oh, yeah. page of somebody. <laughs> you want to draw the shoulder pads of the huge and, pockets and shit. And that's really what the '90s were about. Are all these yeah. kids that grew up drawing that, saying, "Oh, we're going to write our own yeah, freaking comics so we now. can draw whatever we want." Yeah. And yeah. check it out. And they're like, "Well, I can't really read it." That's yeah. my school, baby. You can't yeah. write twenty-two splash. Spe- but I mean, pages. luckily <laughs> enough, I did grow up on John Romita and all this stuff. And I mean, I did like. I have, you know, big chief writing tablets from the second grade where I was supposed to be writing cursive letters, but I was drawing scene by scene Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> so I, I had, believe it or not, a grasp of storytelling. Right. But it's hey, just so as a kid, you want to draw Spider-Man. You want to draw the cool the, stuff. Yeah, So sure. it didn't, I mean, it was my a couple of jobs into it before I realized mm. Maybe I should fuck, right. you know, just stick to telling <laughs> no, the story. Right. Well, here's one thing again for artists coming. I, I'm hoping that I'm trying to answer these with with people that want to do this one day, with right. keeping them in mind. But um, for me, I started to notice that when maybe I'd walk away from a page, even this, you know, one of the things I'm working on right now, where I had to do it a little quickly, and I'm very unpleased with some of the actual final drawings. Sometimes it doesn't matter to people. I've I actually had people start liking things better when I started taking storytelling more serious and getting better at that side mm-hmm. to where I actually started to, and then back bring it all the way back around to the very first question about uh do you take concessions with your drawing in the time you do in a lot of the drawing side of things you just take all the stuff that you're not doing in the drawing make the storytelling better and people end up liking it usually more like they read it for the that's, story yeah. that's so exactly like what yeah. that's yeah. exactly what it is i mean I don't, yeah i don't even think about that when i show other people right and my big deal is if they and i do this every page every page there's a couple of people that i send the pages off to mm-hmm. if they can't tell me what's happening on that page that's when i go fuck right <laughs> and i start i mean they i say well, can you tell what's going on and right. they, and if they don't recite it back to me right. what's going on. even if it's really complicated and I'll, and I'll give them points for yeah that's close enough yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that kind of stuff but that's really what i judge it right. on and you know if they say that it looks good i'm like yeah yeah that's cool what's really happening yeah. so i'm small and it goes back it goes back to the cover versus interiors thing as well i mean that's why i've tried to get it like you know three cover gigs alongside of a book because i my books are about storytelling, and my covers are about doing that other thing that right. we always, we grew up wanting to do, which is yeah. do the big, cool yeah. image. You know, if I can do that on a cover, then fantastic. Then I can I can feel okay about getting in a story that I have to do in an allotted amount of time, and just going here's the best panel that I have within this certain amount of time. It tells the right story, the emotions right. Uh, it's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the most important. Yeah, it's so. dope. So. All right, well, uh, well, guys, thanks so much for joining us today and going over all this stuff that you do because uh, I know that uh, you know most comic book fans at one time in their life or another always wanted to 
either draw comics or write comics or works and like work Sal. He's crying right now. I am. So. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been crying this whole I, episode. I, I hate both of you. I, mean, I hate both of you for your talent. The um, episode wouldn't have worked uh, unless the forum posters had posted stuff. So thanks to everyone who posted. Good, yeah, yeah, thank you guys. I mean, I, honestly, this is like a whole I other wish, show. Yeah, I wish yeah, we yeah, would have yeah. had time to get to all Everything, of them because every really we should just answer them on the message board. Could well, you can do that. I know Norton spends all day on the on the message board. <laughs> He's all like, "I work so much." He has like sixty thousand posts. No, but no, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, but yeah, thank you, thanks to everybody. They were really, really good questions. The ones that we didn't get to answer were still very good. And I think I'll we're answer tr- them we're, to myself. We're gonna try and do a video, uh, <laughs> a video podcast at some yeah. point with uh, with you doing your story. yeah, and maybe we can we'll do come some up more to the studio and we'll, we'll yeah. I think hide what this what no oh. I don't hide it I'll share it with you guys uh, I think that what this started off as is talking about how to start a page from beginning to end would be much easier and be accomplished in about 15 minutes with a video camera right I do oh, this yeah. sure, I do this sure. do this do this and then Norton can yeah. show you what he does and no, I'll just his takes three there. days though because <laughs> Norton goes out to the forest with an axe he cuts <laughs> down a the tree then he then he starts shaving it off, <laughs> shaving it off, and All he's right, a lumber. Well. He's big. He's a lumberjack, so he actually goes off. He puts a beanie on. I keep it real. <laughs> keep it real. <laughs> well, uh, thanks again, to all the forum posters. If you'd like to join in on the fun, you can uh, go to our forum at aroundcomics.com, and and you'll see Scotty and Mike and bunch of other people there too not if we see you first well there's that uh there's also a few ways you can interact with the show you can email us at info at around comics.com or you can reach each of us individually at sal chris or tom at around comics.com mike it around uh you can visit us at uh comic space at www Oh, excuse me, www.comicspace.com slash around comics. You can visit or MySpace. Just look up MySpace You can visit comics. us at 10 beers.com. Tom has been drinking a lot during this interview. <laughs> uh, MySpace.com slash around comics. Uh, you can leave us an iTunes review, which is our favorite, according to Chris. It doesn't matter to me. Oh, uh, you can also join our. To talk about uh, it no, no. <laughs> we can talk about it just fine. Uh, you can join our friends of the program. Go to Around Comics and you can download and print out our LCS Challenge flyer ask your comic shop manager or owner if they'll display it in the store if they do send us an email we'll mention you and the store on the show and we'll post uh, a link to it on our site become a friend of the program today we actually had a guy uh that Sent didn't pizzas well yeah we had a guy today send us pizza uh the polish uh, enforcer so that sucks because we had already but we were out getting mexican food, food. not for right. me thank you polish yeah, my, enforcer. <laughs> <laughs> i really enjoy <laughs> pepperoni <laughs> pizza but that was i don't know where he sent it oh, from and you guys uh, ate a whole pizza in the like 20 minutes oh like, i had a couple of slices oh, okay. that didn't it wasn't that big of a pizza uh you could have done better yeah but also we had a guy and i don't have it in front of me so i don't know his name but he works uh in a post office is like a I don't know if he's a mail sorter or something. And he shot and a he, bunch of people. No, and he posted our flyer because I guess he doesn't have an LCS, so he posted our flyer in the post office. So that's right. probably illegal. <laughs> well, it's like on now his he's going. Yeah. yeah, now he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna post now he's it. Now he's gonna in get in the box with Mike inside <laughs> um, the tiny glass box. We'd also like to thank InStockTrades.com for sponsoring this episode. Uh, waiting for the trade has never been easier. InStockTrades.com offers a huge selection of the collected editions you need. InStockTrades.com is your source for. Trade paperbacks, deluxe hardcovers, essential showcases, archives, absolute editions, omnibus editions, and more. All at great discounted prices, and remember that all orders over $50 ship free. 
Whether you're buying an absolute edition or catching up with showcases and essentials, InStockTrades.com is your new best friend. Just hide it from your significant other. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us today. And also thanks to Mark at Dark Tower for hosting us as always. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Everybody have a fantastic week. We'll be back again on Monday with another new episode. In the meantime, we'll be everywhere in... Hey, in around comments! Your fist can't get out of that jar, Mike, can it? like to suggest a topic, send us your comments, or are interested in becoming a panel member, email us at info at aroundcomics.com or visit the contact us section of our website. Music for the show provided by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Views expressed in the interviews or by guests of the show are solely those of the individuals expressing them and do not reflect the opinions of Around Comics. Thank you for listening today, and remember to join us next time when the panel will change, but our mission will stay the same bringing you the very best news, reviews, and opinions in and around comics. Around Comics is a Pipe Dream production. Copyright 2007. All rights reserved. Yeah. Why you got my love and love me?